Harris County is enormous, and it spends a whole lot of money, and the people who run it are very, very powerful. But most of us don't really understand it. Today, Zach Despart from Texas Tribune is going to explain it to me. It's Monday, May 9th, 2022. I'm Lisa Gray, and this is CityCast Houston. Thanks for being here. Glad to be here, Lisa. Just how big in money, size, and power is Harris County? Harris County is huge. Harris County is the third most populous county in the country after L.A. County and Cook County up in Chicago. It's got about 4.7 million people. Uh, It continues to grow very quickly. And that puts us in population about the size of a mid-sized state, right? We're bigger than Louisiana? Yeah, we're bigger than Louisiana. We are bigger than about 25 states. Yeah, if you made Harris County its own state, it would send, I don't know, like a dozen people to Congress. I mean, it's it's very large. I'm ready to do that, by the way. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, I mean, politically, uh, it is very important. It has about 15% of the population of Texas. Texas itself is huge, so it sort of like makes Harris County seem smaller by comparison. But it, it's a very, very big place uh, with a lot of people. And, and one fun anecdote I like to throw out to people, because of course, Houston is is most of Harris County. There's about 2 million people in unincorporated Harris County that is outside of any municipality. If that 2 million people were to form their own city, that would be the fifth largest city in the U.S. just after (laughs) Houston, which is fourth. So it it is a huge, huge place. And its political importance very much flows from that. So what sorts of stuff does county government handle here? That's a great question. County government generally in Texas is widely misunderstood. It is a far less public-facing form of government than your typical city hall would be. There's a lot of reasons for that. Uh, It doesn't provide services that cities typically do, right? It doesn't have its own fire departments. It doesn't clean your streets. It doesn't take your garbage. You're saying, like, yeah, I see a lot more people who know who their city council person is than who know who their county commissioner is. Yeah. And then the county government has has, you know, fewer elected officials than city hall does. And what do those few powerful county officials control. Yeah. So uh, infrastructure is a big one, especially in the unincorporated part of the county, which is where we're actually building new roads. I mean, the city of Houston is pretty built out at this point. Flood control is a huge one, especially because the county has its own flood control district that is professionalized and has the uh, unenviable task of trying to manage flooding here. There's a good argument there shouldn't be a city of of two and a half million people here on a coastal floodplain, but we know that ship (laughs) has sailed. So we're dealing with the consequences of doing that. And also public safety is the other huge component of what Harris County does. Wow. Okay. And so who runs all that stuff? What is a county judge and what are county commissioners? So all counties in Texas, regardless of size, are run by a commissioner's court. So you have the county judge, which is a terrible name for the role. It's really... Yeah. So I'm picturing somebody in a robe with a gavel. Yeah. Lena Hidalgo doesn't have a gavel, It's it's, it's primarily an executive legislative role. That person is the leader of the commissioner's court. There are four commissioners. I've heard him called like the CEO of Harris County. Is that... Too powerful? Uh, yes and no. Um, the, the one thing yeah. that's a, an interesting wrinkle is the, the county judge doesn't have any more voting power than the commissioners. So um, it takes a majority of, of three to do anything in any county. So if you're a county judge and you don't have three votes, you really have very little power. With the exception of emergencies, uh, the county judge 
has a lot of emergency power. You see that most often here in hurricanes and disasters. That's when the county judge was really a forefront. The way that most people knew our former county judge at Emmett was uh, because we had so many disasters and he was very out in front on that. Yeah, he was the guy that we saw during any hurricane that hit Houston or when Katrina sent all those people from New Orleans and we had to house them in the Astrodome. Ed Emmett was the guy on TV. He was the guy we were watching. The other issue that has come up, there's been a question of fuel supplies. Uh, There are some stations that are out of fuel, but there is fuel throughout the area and it will continue to be available. We are still dealing with a major rain event. We are are geared up and ready to go. We will be here 24-7. It's sort of a wrinkle here because like in COVID, this emergency has been going on for two years. So this question is about like, well, you know, does she really need the unilateral power still in the same way? Does the governor need it? Because, you know, it's not quite as urgent as we had thought before. And now we have had the pandemic for almost all of Lena Hidalgo's term. The goal is, of course, to save lives, but to go on the offense. And the more we're able to do this, the better we'll be able to choke off the virus, stop it in its track, and move forward. This prepares us ultimately for the next phase of this, uh, to take the test to where the- Yeah, I guess when you think about it, she has been a county judge since the beginning of 2019. And yeah, COVID started in 2020. So yeah, pretty much. I mean, she's had a a whole smorgasbord of disasters she's had to deal with. um, (laughs) A series of chemical fires, a series of major floods. Right. Oh, and the blackouts. Yeah, the blackouts last year, um, which affected more people in Houston because of its population than any other place in Texas. We had more deaths from the blackouts than any other place. Can you explain how like the horse trading generally works on the commissioner's court? Historically, commissioner's court has operated where like commissioners will not mess with each other when they're doing stuff in their own precincts. So if commissioner wants to build something, a road, any building or something in his precinct and wants to use his precinct's budget, he needs like technically the whole court to approve it, but they don't mess with each other's stuff. It's like, you don't mess with my stuff. I don't mess with your stuff. So effectively, it's like politically, you're like a a prince of like a precinct. Because all Texas counties have four commissioners, regardless of size. In a small county, that could be you have a couple thousand constituents. Um, In Harris County, each commissioner has a little bit more than a million constituents. That's more than the governors of the smallest states that we have. More than a member of Congress. Right. Oh, yeah. Like twice, twice as many as a member of Congress. Yes. And you get to do what you want. And I will say, like, for the most part, like they're building things that their community needs. I'm not saying it's it's nefarious. Right. But I'm saying like there was very little control and oversight over that process. Yeah. Is that changing any? I I heard that Lena Hidalgo had wanted to change it to make there be a sort of an overarching county plan. Uh, Can she do that? She's only one vote. Yeah. Not unilaterally. She can't do that. And while... The current commissioner's court has three Democrats and two Republicans. Judge Hidalgo is is quite different than the commissioners in terms of how she views ethics, in terms she views how the precinct system should work. So in some ways, there's like one progressive reform county government person and four people who are like, this is working for us. Uh, We don't really want to change it. (laughs) We have a budget. They used to divide up the road funds among four precincts. And uh, the Democrats think there are some inefficiencies there where it's like, why don't we just have one road office? and build the roads where we need them. I highly doubt the commissioners would want to give up that power they have. Why do taxpayers inside the city of Houston pay full county taxes, even though we don't get as many services as people who live in those unincorporated areas? What is going on there? Yeah, that's another good question. People who live inside the city of Houston or the other cities in Harris County like are still like eligible to, to get services from the county. But county government, in a lot of ways, disproportionately serves 
the unincorporated parts of the county because there is no other place for them to get some services. So the county will disproportionately build roads and parks and community centers outside of the city of Houston because the city of Houston can do it itself. Why don't all those millions of people in the unincorporated areas have to provide their own services? Like, you know, us in the city of Houston, we pay for ours. Honestly, there's an argument that it wasn't smart public policy to let the unincorporated areas get so populous. Like it sort of made sense when nobody really lived there. They didn't really need a lot of services that could contract whatever services that they need from neighboring municipalities. But now that it is so, so large, it's effectively like, how do you get municipal services to like a vast area that's not a municipality? And it can be really efficient. And again, like the county can provide some of these things, like the county government can't write ordinances, they can't do other stuff that typically cities can do. And of course, um, so like what kind of ordinances? A noise ordinance? It could be noise ordinances. It could be ordinances about pets. It could be quality of life stuff. It could be um, right. some forms of, of building or regulations and stuff. Sorts of things that I expect in a sort of civilized looking non-rural place. Yeah. And to be clear, like some people like living in an incorporated area because, you know, there's not that extra layer of government and extra layer of, of regulation. Nobody tells me I have to put my dog inside a fence. Yeah. I mean, I, I will say like uh, they have to have like some governing structure because like you, you, need, you need to get water from somewhere, right? So <laughs> they will use um, what are called municipal utility districts yeah. to provide some services. And essentially like, you know, it's like a lawyer downtown is like technically in charge or like you might have an elected person. Right. Um, but it, it's not government in any of the same senses we traditionally think about it. And uh, I think that it gets lost sometimes. Um, and it's weird because we've, we've had many, many big floods. And, and if we're just talking about Hurricane Harvey five years ago, some people in the unincorporated area flooded and they were upset about why their street drainage was bad or something like that. And they were like, like who do we hold accountable? And it's like, well, you, you don't have any, you don't live in a city. You don't have any, um, you, you don't have a mayor or city council members. You have uh, people in county government, certainly. But in terms of like, why were the municipal services that I should expect? Like, why do they fail? Like, there's not really that level of accountability. Right. So again, you know, to each their own. But, the, but those are some of the potential drawbacks to that that system. So let's talk about voting in Harris County. Why are our ballots so long? In the last primary, I could vote in something like 90 races. And when I printed out my ballot, it was two pages. So it was no wonder that those machines jammed. Yeah, uh, there's two reasons for that. One is uh, a population. So therefore, we have so many different races and so many different districts. So that means that there are countywide things that we all vote on. So like those little judge races and justice of the peace. Yeah. The other part of it is, is Texas elects its judges, all of its judges. So there's, there's tons of them in Harris County. There's, I mean, depending on what level of judge, like 50 or 60 that you end up voting for. Right. And look, anyone who's ever told me, like, I know every single judge I'm voting for is lying. Like there's just no way, <laughs> even if you're an educated voter, it's not a criticism of people. It's just, there's right. just too many. Lawyers don't know this. Yeah. There are, there are too yeah. many people to, to choose. Um, so that really makes our ballot long. There was definitely, in, in the case of this primary, like just some plain old incompetence about how Harris County ran it. In some ways, I, I don't fault the individual person in charge of the elections, although sometimes they have been incompetent. Like the system is not set up to run well. You know, we probably don't spend enough money on elections. And again, that's not necessarily a criticism of the commissioner's court desire to spend money. It's just we don't have a lot of money. The state in some ways could invest more in making sure our elections run well, especially in the, the super populous counties. Yeah. I mean, it also seems to me that the state is at war frequently with Harris County, especially on things like voting. So what yes. is going on there? This is a, 
a, a proxy fight over power between the the Democrats who run the most populous cities and counties in Texas and the Republicans who control all of the state offices. It makes this process unnecessarily convoluted. And the people in Harris County who run elections, they, they feel like instead of providing like clear guidance on, on what to do and not do in certain situations, the state will purposefully be vague or like let them make a mistake and then call them out for it instead of like proactively working with them to to avoid stuff. In some of the restrictive voting laws that the legislature passed in the last session were specifically targeted at innovations that Harris County had made. Harris County had debuted the drive-through voting. They allowed people to vote in their cars. Yes, I loved it. Houston people love drive-throughs, man. Anything <laughs> yeah. that if you can put it in a drive-through, they're going to do it. Dude. So I think uh, like 150,000 people had done it that way yeah. in 2020. So, you know, somewhat popular. Some people thought it was gimmicky, but uh, you know, yeah. um, there weren't any like security issues with it. It wasn't explicitly like allowed under Texas election law. It also wasn't explicitly prohibited. So Harris County kind of went out on a limb. The legislature made it very clear, you cannot do that anymore. So that was that was one thing. And then also Harris County had a, a couple nights of extremely late voting or even the one night of overnight voting. Oh, yeah. The midnight party with the band. Yeah. And honestly, like, it, it yeah. you know, not a ton of people turned out. I'm, I'm not sure how many of them right. just did it for the novelty or how many of them was like, this is honestly the best way for me to vote. Um, again, no security issues with it. But the legislature was like, you cannot do that anymore. And that's not just voting, right? I mean, the county runs into tension with the state pretty frequently. The state often is like, like you only get power counties like because we say you do, not because you have it independently in like the Texas Constitution. So they will often sort of play that card to limit the ability of counties to do a variety of things. I mean, uh, it played out in COVID a lot. Our county judge wanted mask mandates, um, wanted a longer stay at home period. The governor put the kibosh on that pretty firmly. Too many small business owners have struggled to pay their bills. It is now time to open Texas 100%. So those are some examples of, of how that fight plays out. How would you design a county from scratch? Would it look like this? I, I think there's an argument to be made that there could be more commissioners that, that could have a, a greater pulse on the communities they serve. Because you could have, there's a one uh, precinct now that stretches from sort of the Katy boundary all the way to the northeast corner of the county. And like, that's like 60 miles, you know, that's it's hard to be in touch <laughs> with all those different communities at the same time. Yeah. And also like, you know, there's something to be said about maybe the commissioners are too powerful. Maybe you make more of them um, sort of divide that power up and also, you know, create an opportunity for different types of people to, to be in county government. Uh, again, that would require a change in like the state constitution, so don't hold your breath. <laughs> but that's my two cents. Yeah, when Texas suddenly runs itself efficiently, we'll get on that. <laughs> All right, well, Zach, thank you so much. This has been really interesting. Uh, it was a pleasure, Lisa. Thanks so much. That was Zach Despart from Texas Tribune. Now, I am here with producer Farrell Gibbs. Farrell, what else is happening around Houston today? An art collector named Laura Young was at a Goodwill up in Austin and found sitting just beneath a table a Roman bust that has turned out to be priceless. It happened back in 2018. She paid $35 for the bust. And she was recently notified by experts that it was indeed the sculpture of a son of Pompey the Great who was defeated in civil war by Julius Caesar. The bust has been missing from Germany ever since World War II, and experts believe it was probably stolen by a soldier and ended up here in Texas. The piece will be going back to its rightful home in Germany, and until then, you can see it displayed at the San Antonio Museum of Art. 
Now, that does not mean that Laura Young, the art collector, who scored perhaps the greatest Goodwill find ever, is going to walk away empty-handed. She did make a deal to return the bust to Germany through the services of a law firm that deals in international art law. The terms of that deal are confidential. That is it for our show today. Y'all sign up for our newsletter. It is at houston.citycast.fm. We will be back tomorrow. Talk with you then. Twenty twenty. Twenty twenty, Farrell. You let me down. <laughs>